So, you've just finished A Court of Thorn and Roses, and you're craving another fantasy world to devour. Dipsy's got your back. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales, or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. I gotta tell you that the immersive soundscapes are really what makes a good sexy story different from a not good sexy story because it just like adds, like it's hard sometimes in like reading a novel to like get the actual feel of what's going on. But when it's like, oh, we're like at the coffee shop and this is like actually happening. It's like very different. (laughs) And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency era historical fiction for you, Sam, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up. Dipsystories.com slash just break up. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like growing together in a system that's working against us, Mm. when our friends date our exes, and when they say they love us only during the breakup. (laughs) But (laughs) before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning which is that we are not licensed mental health professionals in any sort of way. Um, Although some people do write us and are like, we're mental health professionals and we think you're great. So like, I don't know. That seems like a cool thing. Yeah. And other people write us and are like, wow, that advice you gave was so wrong. And I'm a therapist. (laughs) I think about those at night. (laughs) Which is all to say we are not professionals. So please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our ever humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and hopefully some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Before we get into this week's check-in topics, y'all know that the holiday of Christmas and New Year's is coming up, and every year, Just Break Up traditionally takes some time off during this time. Um, Mm -hmm. Traditionally, we take off two weeks. This year, we are only taking off one week. You are welcome. Um, (laughs) So we this episode is going to air, and then um, the the Monday in between Christmas and New Year's, there's not going to be a new primary episode um, on our feed. However, as we have every other year before, we are going to be putting out new content over on our Patreon. So if you can't get enough of our unqualified advice, 
you can go over to patreon.com slash justbreakuppod and subscribe for as little as $5 a month. That gives you a backlog of over 100 episodes plus new content every week, new exclusive content. And what I always forget to mention is like, this is a subscription that you can cancel at any time. So if you just want to oh, throw yeah. us five bucks because you appreciate the work that we do and the, and the content that we put out for free every month, you can do it for one month. You can do it for three months, whatever you want. Yeah. It's a it's a gift you can give yourself. So <laughs> keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, and y'all, man, I went to uh, a coffee shop the other day and I got like a bougie, like mint mocha holiday. Mm. That, you know, mm-hmm. like a trashy Christmas. You know, a holiday. Delicious. Drink. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was like six fifty. I was like, man, five dollars <laughs> can't even buy me a coffee anymore. I couldn't even. I just That's don't right. know when that happened, but I guess like hashtag inflation. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, excuse me. <laughs> and then I bought, no, I didn't say anything. I bought it because it's not the cashier's fault. Um, anyway. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, again, we are taking off next week. If you want, if you're desperate for our JBU content, or you just want to thank us for the work that we put out every week for free here on the primary um, feed, you can slide over to patreon.com slash just break a pod. Amazing. So, it is amazing. Our check-in topic is amazing. Our- it's awesome. It's exciting. <laughs> and I'm going to let Sierra say what it is. <laughs> so our check-in topic is inspired by a letter. And by a letter, I mean something personal in my life. <laughs> um, if y'all don't follow me on Instagram or if you are not already a patron, two avenues in which I've already announced this, I am very humbled and grateful to share that my wife and I are expecting a baby girl in April. <laughs> so amazing. Yes, I am pregnant and um thriving. That's not necessarily mm. true. <laughs> Is that the word we would use? No, I don't know. People are like people I posted a photo of my pregnant belly on Instagram and people are like, "Oh my god, she's glowing." And I was like, first of all, that's a filter. I've been vomiting <laughs> since 6 weeks." <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just there's a couple things I want to say other than like sharing this um, very exciting news with our Just Break Up family. Um, I want to say how blessed and grateful and excited I am. I want to say thank you for the already the onslaught of support that I have received from my Instagram post and from our Patreon. Um, it is truly humbling. We say that word in the script every <laughs> Week, But it is truly humbling to know how many people are excited for my wife and I and um, and your kind words. I, I read all of them and and the fact that strangers think that I would be a good mom <laughs> or that my child is lucky mm-hmm. is deeply meaningful to me. Um, and I also want to acknowledge the fact that uh, pregnancy announcements, even now as I'm approaching the third trimester, are forever changed for me. Pregnancy announcements are have been tainted, you know, because of our loss mm. in in March um, and the traumatic, you know, the traumatic experience of losing a pregnancy and and that type of surgery. Um, pregnancy announcements have become kind of fickle for me, and and I think I just have the way we do when. We move further into that, into ourselves, into life and and gain more experience. Um, it's given me a deeper understanding about how complicated, uh, I don't know, humans are and good news is. And this is all to say there's 
we're going to make a check-in topic out of this. <laughs> We've already been talking <laughs> for like 10 minutes, but this is all to say, um, one, uh, if you have experienced miscarriage or infertility or are, are just like not where you're at in at the point of life in which you thought you would be and that pregnancy announcements are painful for you, I like validate those feelings. I echo them still, you know, mm. and I welcome them into mm. this space. And I can't I can't share our joyful news without acknowledging that I know it it comes with pain for some people or maybe just mm. complicated feelings. And mm-hmm. also, I want to just say for our check in topic, um, you know, the holidays <clears throat> have either passed or are fast approaching, depending on what you celebrate. And this time is a time where we spend a lot of a lot of shared time with family or, or loved ones or whatever. And it's a time in years past, you and I have talked about it's a time of forced cheer- cheerfulness or forced, mm-hmm. forced gratitude. And that's really hard when you're heartbroken or you're you suffered a loss or um, you're lonely or you don't have a great relationship with the, your parents. And this is the time that everybody's talking about their family, you know. So I just want to say, and maybe we can talk a little bit about before getting into our letters, that it's perfectly normal and okay to have complicated feelings about other people's joy. It's perfectly okay to have complicated feelings about what should be a joyful time. Um, I just want to make space for that, I guess, Mm -hmm. today in light of our announcement and also in light of the holiday season in general. Yeah, for sure. Well, I also just want to like, say to how excited I am for you and for Willow. Um, and it's been really challenging for me to keep this secret. (laughs) So I'm glad that we're finally telling people because I keep wanting to make pregnancy jokes and eating for two jokes on this podcast. And I can't, no, we're going to make them all now. (laughs) Um, so it's been really challenging for me to keep that secret. So I'm really glad I'm glad you're relieved of this. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, yeah, and want to also create space while you are creating space for other people's like pain as they experience this, like also be like, this is really joyful for you. It's joyful for me. It's super exciting. Um, I'm really happy for you too. And, and I'm super excited to meet the baby that you're growing inside of you, which is just (laughs) wild to me. (laughs) I I appreciate that because I like think that because we have a, I think I'm always thinking about our listeners, you know what I mean? And because mm-hmm. I experienced the loss and I was faced with some really painful pregnancy announcements over the s- summer when, before I got pregnant um, again, um, I think I just like always want to make space for it. But you're right. At the end of the day, it is also joyful. And I'm I'm grateful for that, for you carving that out. Um, be- uh-huh. <laughs> before uh, Sam and I pressed record, I was telling him how I was like standing in the kitchen the other day looking at the ultrasound photos like we got we did the anatomy scan recently and like saw like the 2d 3d face you know and i was like making dinner and i was looking at the ultrasound and being like holy shit there's like a whole other person there's a whole other face inside me you know like (laughs) i feel pregnant i can feel her kicking i've been so sick uh but like picturing like a little tiny like i told sammy was giving off like Big Voldemort vibes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like there's this Which thing. Which is, yeah, no, it's nice that it's in your tummy and not on the back of your head, though. So, like, <laughs> yes. that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, no. And, uh, yeah, 
just, I guess, so we've made the space for all the feelings. I'll end by saying it's been um, surreal, so surreal, and mm-hmm. uh, wild and exciting. And I think that it's going to only just keep being that, so. Yeah. No, it's going to, like, <laughs> she's going to come out of you, and then you're going to hold her in your arms. <laughs> Like, that's so wild. I can't believe that, like, this I is, know. like, as a species, how we continue. It's like... Oh, my God. And considering, <laughs> like, I grow puked, it inside you. Y'all, I puked eight <laughs> weeks in a row prior to getting on anti-nausea medication that's safe for pregnancy. Like, so, I, I mean, like, I went off it the other day and still puked in my... In later in the second trimester, which is all to say wow. it is wild... That the continuation of our species is dependent on this thing that literally made me think I was going to die. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I have never been sicker in my life. And some folks, some pregnant people have different experiences. I'm just like one of those lucky folks that got like the, sh- I didn't get the short end of the stick. I like literally just like picked up grass, <laughs> like a handful of grass and mud and was like, is this a stick? And they're like, no, you're out. Go puke for eight weeks straight. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> all right, we we got all of our pregnancy talk out <laughs> for the we last did. We did. six months or whatever. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you to all your listeners or to all of our listeners. All your comments about you guys being so excited for me and and emotional about it. Um, I know we're strangers, but it matters. And hmm. uh, I'm thinking of you all this holiday season. You want to get into our letters? Yeah, let's do it. All right, our first letter comes from Always Working, whose pronouns are she, her, and who is writing from New England. Dear Sam and Sierra, I hope this letter finds you <laughs> Why well. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> she wrote it salmon, like the yeah, fish. Yeah, yeah, Sierra. yeah. <laughs> no, it is. Uh, it's, you can't. I can't unhear it now. Like, I'm trying to think about uh, merch that has salmon Sierra on it that doesn't, like, make you a fish. <laughs> I'm happy to be a fish. <laughs> Any illustrators great. out there, if you can make a portrait of Sam as a as fish. As a salmon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or actually, it would be Sierra as a salmon because you would be Sam and Sierra. But then it would just be me. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm picturing like a salmon with a really cute mustache and like his ears pierced next to me looking human and gorgeous. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. How about both of us as I'll fish? be a mermaid. You'll be a salmon. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. (laughs) I hope this letter finds you both well. I love the space you've created with this podcast. It has been so moving for me to hear letters from listeners with experiences both similar to and different from mine and your wonderfully caring and affirming advice that follows. I could write you a whole love letter, but I have my own letter instead. Thank you so much for considering it. (laughs) These are your love letters. Yeah, exactly. My partner, he, him, and I have been together for just over five years and have lived together for about three years. We can call him Scooby. We're in our mid-20s and we've navigated a lot together and we continue navigating a lot. It turns out the 20s is a bit of a messy decade. (laughs) I'm grateful for the mutual love and care we're both putting into the relationship as we move through this life as a team. I feel safe, content, and at peace with him. He is incredibly kind and supportive and has offered me a certain sense of stability in times that have felt really uncertain. While we have built a lovely little life together, we are both feeling incredibly stagnant. Before I go into more details, I will pose this question I have began thinking about. Is it us or is it capitalism? <laughs> Great question. 
I am in love with the thought of growing with a partner. It's so beautiful to me that in a nurturing relationship, we can support each other's dreams and help each other become better versions of ourselves. I am constantly thinking about the ways I want to grow and change and talk a lot to Scooby about this. I have some big ideas. There's a lot I want to do in life. While he is supportive of my goals in a general sense, I don't think Scooby feels as driven as me. And sometimes that's frustrating. But the thing is, it's also a little hypocritical of me to feel that way. Neither of us have the energy to engage with the world in the way we might want to if our circumstances were different. We are both working pretty low-paying hourly jobs, and many days, Scooby is working 10 to 12-hour days. When we get home, we are both exhausted, and all we have the energy to do is order takeout and watch some shitty show on Netflix. He often works weekends, and even if he wasn't, the weekends have become so sacred for my introverted self that I usually don't want to do anything particularly fun or productive. Mm. I get frustrated when he doesn't seem interested in, quote, growing or trying new things or getting involved in our community like I do. But of course, I'm sympathetic to the fact that he is exhausted. We are both tired. I have this vision in my head that maybe if we break up, I would suddenly find all these hidden hours in the day and grow in the ways I've dreamed of. But even writing that just seems unfair. I don't even know what that fantasy world would look like, even. We have a cyclical and unhealthy conversation about me wanting to grow myself and growing and wanting us to grow together and him being unsure of what that means to him. Mm. I think I am putting a lot of pressure on the both of us. And for what? I'm not even sure what I am actually getting at half the time. I feel bad that I keep bringing it up, but this stagnancy is always on my mind. We've recently decided it would be helpful to go to couples therapy, but even that feels literally impossible with our work schedules. So to reframe the question with this context, how do we grow together and support each other in a system that feels like it's working against us? How do you help your partner grow if they're not sure what that means to them? And how can I stop putting so much pressure on the relationship and maybe calm down a little? I feel like I'm that meme of the person putting a piece of wood in their bicycle tire and then falling. <laughs> I truly love him and I love our love. I want this to work. Not sure why this feels so hard lately. Thank you so much for any guidance, tough love or otherwise. As many people who write and say, even just writing this has been cathartic. Thank you so much for the opportunity alone. I hope this all makes sense. Much love always, always working. Oh, always working. Thank you so much for writing and for listening and for trusting us with this letter. Um, I, the meme thing made me laugh and made me also think about uh, a meme that my wife and I really enjoy, which is like it's it's a hamster going around in a wheel like really, really fast. And another hamster just clinging to the wheel. And it's like <laughs> if, if your partner likes more like physical activity than you do or like or are, are more outdoorsy or something like that. And you're just like <laughs> clinging to the wheel because that's me and my border collie of a wife. Um, that's real. That's real. <laughs> uh, I love this question. Um, I think there's a lot to unpack in it. Um more unpacking and less direct advice because we have to start thinking about things like, well, what is the definition of driven and what is the definition of growing, <laughs> you know, and mm. in what context are they not both deeply personal to the own person and circumstance? Um, you're, I, I just want to say I relate to you as the letter writer about like wanting to feel like this sense of self-betterment, wanting to feel like we're not just staying the same all the time or contented, contented with this stagnancy. And I also relate to your boyfriend. If my partner came to me and says, like, I just want to, like, keep growing, I would be like, 
okay, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> um, and I think I think that has that confusion comes from the fact that like we may capitalism asks this of us, but but you may be applying your sense of growth or desire for growth or your understanding of even what growth is, what what being driven is, you're applying your understanding of that to another person who mm-hmm. might just have a totally different relationship with it. And it's not, and here, this is what I want to get across the most. It's like, it's not that you're a driven person and he's not. It's that you two mm. are working with different definitions of driven. He sounds hella driven right. to me. 10 to 12 hours a day, are you kidding me? Ma'am, I am a podcaster. <laughs> I, I would, if this... If and a this, published author. If this and... podcast asked me to work 10 to 12 hours a day, I would say, fuck the Just Break Up family. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no, you'd be no like, offense, y'all. Peace but, out. Yeah, like that would be too much of for me. But I can, you know, I consider myself driven. Um, and your partner sounds like he could be driven too. You know what I mean? Like... It's not that sometimes there's like a morning person and a night person, right? Or sometimes there's there's personalities that are stubborn and another personality that's not stubborn. But in this instance, I think it would be empowering for you to not think about you as being more driven or like in him Mm -hmm. content. It's more like you guys are playing a different game with different rules and different tools. Yeah, absolutely. And like, just to be clear... Capitalism extracts our labor and then blames us for not working harder. Right. Yes, like that's yes. that's the and way that it works. For like not like <laughs> climbing even an internal ladder. You know what I mean? Like what right. is what is this growth that is being asked yeah. of us? For sure. Like capitalism actively keeps like working class people down and then blames them for the fact that they're not working hard enough to become like some sort of like elite and rich person, even though like mobility Class mobility in this country is, like, basically impossible. So, right. like, like, to be clear. Um, so, like, yeah, it's absolutely capitalism. That's absolutely playing a role in this, telling you that you're not working hard enough and that not only are you not working hard enough, but you also have to have, like, some sort of, like, thing outside of work that is providing you with, like, purpose or you have to constantly be growing or doing mm. or experiencing new things if you're sitting on your couch watching Netflix, then you're like wasting time because time is a precious commodity. Like all of this is bullshit, right? Like right. all of that is is a is a lie <laughs> that like capitalism tells us. So like, yeah, it is capitalism for sure. And it might also be you too, right? Like that can happen at the same time. It might also be that like you just have definitions, like Sierra said, different definitions of growth or it might be some mental health stuff that's playing into your desire to like constantly be doing something or feeling like the life that you're living is somehow not good enough or not productive enough or not like yeah. growing enough. Right. Yeah. Um, so like all of that can be absolutely true at the same time. Um, but I do want to like create some space for the fact just to remind you of we live in this capitalist system. You are working you know, low wage hourly jobs, which are like the most exploitive. We're also in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So let's not forget that, <laughs> like, which makes it really hard to want to like go out and do things because there's like a constant anxiety that is involved in it. Three, we're also in this like weird sort of like 
environmental slash like political slash like end stage capitalism moment where everything feels really anxious, right? Mm. Like it's just like everything is like, wait a minute, is this good? Is this bad? I don't understand. Like there's a whole lot of like worry that's happening mm-hmm. that we're all sort of collectively going through at the same time. So like we've been told over and over that like self-growth is like the only thing that we should be doing. Like we should always be focusing on growing, but like we're also in a moment where like maintenance is really important too, right? Where like sometimes the only thing that we can do is like just hang out at home because like everything else seems really scary or overwhelming. Remember, we're doing a lot of like emotional work every day trying to parse through all of the like the the cognitive dissonance that's happening around us where it's like, we know bad things are happening, but we're also being told that everything's great. <laughs> like, totally. it's just like, ugh, it's a lot of emotional work. Yeah, um, totally. Plus the added pressure that we have from ourselves and from other people to like constantly be hustling, right? Yeah. Got to be hustling all the time. You got to be working. You got to be working. Like, don't let the man get you down. Like, and it's like, well, the man has me down. Yeah, the man put me down. The man put me here. Right? Like, what am I supposed to do? He did this to me. <laughs> so I just want to create a little bit of space for grace for yourself yeah. and for your your boyfriend to say, like, yeah, we're in a, we're in a moment right now where it's going to be really hard yeah. to be constantly growing. Yeah. Of course, of course. And also at the same time. You know, you say, like, I feel like my boyfriend would be more on board with these things he was if he wasn't so exhausted all the time. Maybe not. <laughs> like, maybe <laughs> maybe if he only worked six hours a day and loved his job, he still would have a different alignment than you. You know, yeah. and I think I think a lot of discontent, com- like, you were talking about, like, the pressures of capitalism. And I would also say, like, the pressures of coupling. We often mm-hmm. see that we feel this pressure to be more cohesive and in alignment when even the most healthy, long lasting or however we're rating couples, you know, in the Mm -hmm. weird couple hierarchy that we hierarchy that we have, um, we assume that they're like more in sync, but they're two individuals in their own relationships with each other, like their own separate relationship, just like you have a separate relationship to growth as your boyfriend does. I'm not saying, oh, I, I want to acknowledge too, like it's perfectly okay and understandable to be frustrated if your partner's like doesn't have the ambition you want them to have. It's perfectly okay to like f- question whether you guys are on the same page or like if you're compatible in this desire. And it's uh, it's 100% natural to like stress about it <laughs> that, because that's mm-hmm. like what we do. Um, I'm just suggesting, Sam and I are suggesting a couple ways to reframe this in your brain so that it, it doesn't become this source of anxiety or this rehash argument that it sounds like you guys are the cyclical conversation that you keep having. Um, For sure. Another thing I want to add is um, this is just like a feeling I'm getting from your letter, something that like I, I see myself in, um, which is particularly in the comment that you say, like, I feel like if I broke up with my boyfriend... I would have so much more time to do all of this or I would be able to complete these goals or I would have access to this enlightenment or this growth that you're talking about. And I'm not 100% sure if I'm right on this or not, but the vibe that I'm getting from that is the fallacy of the all or nothing um, Mm. approach, you know, that like, oh, well, once I go vegan, 
and start running every day, I'm going to love my body. <laughs> or like, yeah, you know, right, right. once I once I get out of this relationship, I'm going to have so much more time to make different choices and I'm going to feel like a different person and then I'm going to be whole and then I'm going to be healed and then I'm going to love myself, you know, mm. when I get to X, Y, and Z. Y'all know that we're all about self-growth and we're all about like self-discovery and implementing mm -hmm. new tools and habits to make us feel more authentically ourselves and the journey that comes with that. And also, I know from my own personal experience that the all or nothing mentality, thinking that, well, I will be better once I can fix, change everything about myself, you know, mm -hmm. or like that somehow... Somehow, like when I get out of this relationship and live on my own in this apartment, I'm going to be much better about keeping it clean. <laughs> well, <Right>. yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a personal one on me. <laughs> that's that's you know? not been my experience yeah, for and sure. That, like, <laughs> and that I think that there's a difference between saying we need new habits versus we need to change ourselves, you know, instrumentally mm -hmm. and what what is needed for that change. Um, yeah. So I just want to like point that out again. I don't know if this is like the right vibe or not, but like, I guess my point is just to say to you, um, you're whole and healed and growing enough right now, even if you For grew sure. more in the future, <laughs> even if you had more time to do to watch less trashy Netflix and to and to do what made you feel more enriched. That it, that person is the same worthiness as this person is right now. Mm. For sure. Yeah. It reminds me of that um, tweet that I think you sent me, which was that um, like the USS Enterprise is capable of traveling at warp 9.95. But if it did that all the time, it would literally fall apart. So like <laughs> it usually operates at warp six and sometimes operates at warp zero when yeah. it's like being repaired. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I was like, what? <laughs> it was like, that was a perfect metaphor for me to like find for it to finally click. Yeah. That like totally. we shouldn't be operating at top speed all the time. Yep. <laughs> Cause it's yep. like, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think part of the issue is that we have so, so many of us have so like pathologized rest as laziness, like yeah. laziness as like a negative trait that we have of like, I'm a lazy person and that makes me bad. When it's like absolutely not true, right? There aren't lazy people. It's not like a fixed thing. And so much of what we call laziness is actually just us recuperating, yeah, <laughs> restoring, totally. like doing what we need to do to get up the next day to work another 10 to 12 hour shift, right? And so right. it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? There might be times in your life where you're operating at 9.95 because you're like, yep, I got this. I have the, I have the capacity and I want to do this. There's like a purpose for this. I'm really intending on growing, but it's okay that most of the time we're operating at warp six, which might be like, I'm go to work and I watch TV most of the night and maybe I'll do some journaling or something, or maybe I'll try and practice meditation in the morning before I go to work or like whatever it is. That's like enough for us to like do the thing, get us to where we need to go at a, like at a reasonable speed. Um, and so like if we take away the idea that laziness is bad, right? Like laziness makes us bad people and instead say rest is a necessary part of being a human, right? Restoring ourselves is allows us to be able to continue till tomorrow. 
then we don't have to place blame for it anywhere, right? You don't have to blame yourself and say, oh, I'm a bad person because I'm so lazy. You don't have to blame your boyfriend to say like, oh, he's such a bad person. He's keeping me lazy, right? And instead be like, no, we are a partnership who is navigating what rest means to us and how often we need to do it and what it looks like. They can be different definitions of rest. He might need more because he's working more, sounds like, and you might have more capacity to be able to do things. But it's not that you're holding each other in a place of laziness or stagnancy. It might just be that you two are resting together. Mm. And like, who better to rest with than the person that you love is yeah, my feeling totally. about it. Right? I like, love that. That sounds so wonderful. Yeah. So like, it's nobody's fault, right? Like, there's because there's nothing bad happening. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person if you're watching Netflix and ordering takeout. Guess what? So yeah. are so many other people in this world. And yeah. I know that they're not bad people. Yeah. So just want to like reframe that a little bit to say like there's nothing wrong with resting. There's nothing wrong with operating at a, a speed that allows for sustainability. We don't have to be going at warp 9.95 all the time because if we did, we would literally fall apart. Like the ship would blow up and everyone on it would die. And that's not a good thing. No, no, <laughs> that's not good. I well, love we don't you... want Jordy out there. <laughs> we God, don't Jordy want Captain Crusher, Doctor Crusher. <laughs> right. Used to put my used to put my headbands over my eyes as a child. Oh my God, same, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I used to do that. Um, okay, my darling, um, we love you, and we hope that this resonates with you. <clears throat> you know, if your situation were to change entirely tomorrow you would still need new habits right you you know you mm. would still need to like carve out space and time for yourself but most importantly as sam said rest is okay uh, you know time to recuperate is necessary it's not just okay mm. um and that you and your partner you know that your definition of self growth um and fulfillment is yours only um mm. and you don't need to compare it to your partner absolutely Thank you so much for writing. Yes, we love you. We hope this helps. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month. So I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in 
cancel subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. The next letter is coming to us from Tired of Feelings, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to it. Who is writing to us from I hate it here. <laughs> I forgot to point out how funny are the letter titles of this episode are. What was the first one? Uh always working. Always working, tired of feelings, extremely sad are the titles yeah. that we chose, which is like a, you know, my Tinder bio five years ago or no, whatever. Honestly. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. All right. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First off, thank you so much for being an amazing, supportive, and insightful duo. You literally saved me months of heartache with one of your episodes about getting over a first love. I learned so much from listening to you discuss human emotion, and I admire how articulate and funny you both are. Unfortunately, the first love I mentioned has once again thrown me for a loop, and I would really appreciate perspective on the situation. Basically, I dated a classmate in medical school for nine months. It was my first serious relationship, and I was very much in love with him. Due to COVID starting a few months into the relationship, he moved home to his parents' place 30 minutes away, and we didn't see each other much for safety reasons. He got progressively more distant and mentioned vaguely that things at home were off with his parents, and then finally broke things off saying that his mental health had been suffering and that he couldn't continue our relationship. He emphasized that this had nothing to do with me and that he enjoyed our time together, but really didn't explain exactly what was going on with him other than anxiety attacks. At the time, I had asked him if he thought if there was any chance that we might get back together after he worked through his mental health, and he replied, I don't know, which was fair. 
I was heartbroken, and we agreed to completely cut off communication since he said that that's how he coped best. I told myself I wouldn't wait around for him, tried to distance myself and reinvest time into friendships, and after a few months, went on a couple first dates through the apps. I didn't see or hear from him for about eight months until he moved back into the same apartment complex where a lot of med students live. After a few weeks of bumping into him at random spots like the school gym or parking lot, I texted him to talk and clear the awkwardness between us. I asked him where his head was in terms of, quote, us, and he said that he also struggled for some time, but since it had been months of separation, he had come to terms with the breakup. I realized that I hadn't. It dawned on me that I subconsciously held on to the hope that we would get back together after his mental health had recovered all these months. Hearing this and seeing him at mutual friends gatherings acting totally normal and happy without wanting me back killed me. And I felt like I was going through the breakup a second time. Time out. That is a very real situation right there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, like the, yep. the second breakup yep. wave. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cue a friend's recommendation to listen to JBU and I really turned a corner. Thanks, friend. A couple weeks after that, though, one of my close friends who supported me throughout the breakup while also remaining friends with my ex sat me down and told me that he had asked her out three weeks ago and that she hadn't made a decision yet, but wanted to explore her feelings for him since she wasn't sure if it was just friendship or more than that. She emphasized that she had been caught off guard and had never really tried to initiate anything or signal any romantic interest with him. She didn't really ask if I was okay with it, more just wanted to be transparent with me, but also told me that she had been scared to bring it up with me and didn't want to lose my friendship. This all explained why for the last few weeks she seemed to be avoiding socializing with me. My initial reaction was to be angry at my ex and more forgiving of her. I know that people can't always control their feelings and it's not like anyone did anything wrong. Shit happens. But as the days went by, I started feeling angry at her as well. In my mind, she was willing to, to knowingly hurt me in order to explore something that she didn't even know if she was invested in, which didn't sound like what a, what a friend would do. I recently told her how deeply hurt I feel, and she acknowledged my feelings and reiterated that she doesn't know what she wants right now, but is still interested in pursuing it, and that she understands how that could be perceived as selfish. I told her I couldn't be around her right now because it hurts too much to think about them being happy together, and I don't think her actions align with my concept of friendship. Basically, my question is, how do I process all of this? Sometimes I don't even know how to feel. Do I forgive or accept that I'm mad and this friendship is over? Was my friend a bad friend or just a human who put herself first? And how do I react to that? Is it okay for me to ignore my ex in social situations now because it just hurts or feels so fake to act normal around him slash them? We have a lot of mutual friends and we'll continue to run into each other at social gatherings for the next two years, especially because we're essentially neighbors and we're part of a tight-knit community. Any advice on how to process any of this would be extremely appreciated. All my love to you both. All right. Tired of feelings. Um, thank you so much for writing. I am also tired of feelings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who needs them? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but just like I, I love this letter because it it just tells such a, a classic story of like what it's like to go through a breakup. I of know. like, yeah, we broke up and then it felt like there was a second breakup when I actually realized like, oh, this is like over, over, not just like kind of over. And then also like. And now that person's going to go on to date people and probably yeah. people that I know. Like, oh, all of that is just like, 
so challenging and hard and also like so deeply relatable um, that I, I just really appreciate you telling your story like this. And I hope that other people hear it and, and feel kinship with you because I yeah. think I think a lot of people have been through things that aren't exactly the same, but are, are probably pretty similar. Yeah. And I think that this is a perfect example of um, and I know you've already wrestled with these feelings yourself. So I'm just going to go out and say it like it's a perfect example of like there's no real bad guy. Right. But mm. feelings are hurt. Right. It's yeah. it's a perfect example that like your feelings don't care. <laughs> <laughs> your feelings don't care if there's a bad guy or if, um, you know, people are just people. Shit happens, as you say. Your feelings are still going to come up. Your feelings are still going to be it's still going to be painful. Like, mm -hmm. I think that we have this preconceived notion that. Um, if, quote, things don't go wrong or if people aren't mean or if I do X, Y and Z, life isn't going to hurt. And like, yeah, it's, for sure. it's just always going to hurt. <laughs> it's like, right. It's going to just or if or if like or if I'm hurting, that means somebody did something wrong. And right. It's like, oh, my nope, God. Maybe nobody did anything wrong, but like people still got hurt because like right. that's the condition of being a human in relationship with other humans is that like your feelings are going to get hurt. Other people's feelings are going to get hurt, even though like. We didn't necessarily make a mistake or like yeah, do something totally wrong or intend to hurt the person. Like totally. That's just life. It's complicated. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge that everybody has their own definition and boundaries when it comes to friendship. Right. Like I thought that it was a very astute comment of you to say, like, I don't think your actions align with my concept of friendship, meaning everybody has a different concept of friendship. So I'm going to respond to this letter with my concept of a friendship and also my perspective as an outsider but I want you to know that like I'm I make space for your boundaries right like I think it was a perfectly okay for thing for you to say like I need some space from you two right now because mm -hmm. it hurts because we're allowed to take even when everything's okay and, and nobody's made a mistake and nobody's being intentionally cruel it's still okay for us to have boundaries to, to process our feelings on our mm -hmm. own in a better way like we don't need to like soldier our way through our shitty feelings you know so acknowledging your definition of friendship and also saying from my perspective as an outsider, I think your friend, I think that this is almost best case scenario, right? And that you might be like, dang, that what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but let's think about it. Best case scenario is what? This guy didn't break up with you and you're still together. Second best case scenario is they've never met. And you're, and this guy will never date anyone else ever again. <laughs> third, mm, yeah. <laughs> third best scenario is your friend never dates anyone ever, you know, or like doesn't mm -hmm. date this person. Right. But as you said, we don't have control over people like that. We don't have control over life like that. And I think that her sort of taking time after being asked out to figure out what her feelings are. Um, and then coming to you and saying, saying everything she did, saying like, I didn't pursue this. It caught me off guard, but like, I'm interested in it. I thought it was pretty respectful. That's mm -hmm. why I'm saying almost best case scenario. That doesn't mean it didn't hurt. That doesn't right. mean you're not going to have reactive feelings about the ex and the friend. That doesn't mean you don't deserve to take space from them. All of these things are valid. From my perspective, I feel like she... The alternatives are she doesn't tell you she dates him behind his, your your back for six months and then you see them together or find out, you know, the alternative right. is 
your friend is interested in this person and chooses not to pursue a line of potential joy to protect you from the feelings of life that we're all going to feel like I understand. Mm-hmm. I, I totally relate and understand your reasoning of like, it didn't feel like a friend thing to do. But again, let's question our definition of friendship. Like is our definition of friendship, like that we need a ride or die so loyal that they were, they will forego their own joy to prevent me from feeling negative feelings. Mm-hmm. That's not my definition of friendship. Honestly, I, I understand mm-hmm. where people, if that is your definition, I understand where that comes from, right? Like some people mm-hmm. are that ride or die, but I, the reason why I'm not isn't because I don't, isn't because I don't want my friends to protect my feelings. I do want, like I want Sam to protect me, <laughs> you know, and like prevent uh-huh. life and him from harming me. But but at the core of my understanding of friendship is my understanding of humanity, which is that we're Mm. so messy. We're so complicated and things happen. People are fallible. We are Mm -hmm. incapable of being perfect all the time. We are incapable of not being, quote unquote, selfish. And by selfish, I think in this letter, you mean interested in my own feelings as well as yours. Mm. Mm -hmm. So... I just want to push on that a little with my perspective as an outsider and remind you, as Sam said, you are allowed to have these painful feelings at the same time, acknowledging that there's not a lot we can do about them. At the same time, choosing to process these feelings in a different way than in a reactionary way, right? Like, I, I guess... What I'm really, I'm trying to emphasize, like, this sucks. (laughs) Nothing about this doesn't suck, period. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. painful. And also, if if I was you, I can say these feelings really hurt. And so I'm going to take space and time and and, and tend to these feelings. And also, I know that I'm not going to, I can't hold this against my friendship forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, of course, of course, you're mad. Of course, you're frustrated. Of course, you are hurt. Right. Like all I understandable, like all of these things are painful and angering and frustrating. Um, And I think it's okay for you to be friends with someone you're mad at. Right. Like I, I think so often we think of friendship as like, we never fight or like, I'm never mad at this person. And if I'm mad at them, then we're not friends anymore. But it's like, you can be angry with a friend and say like, and still also find a way to forgive them. Right. Mm-hmm. You say, like, do I forgive or just do I accept that I'm mad and this friendship is over? Right. You can be mad and forgive a person. Wow. You can yeah. say, ah, I'm so frustrated with this. I'm so annoyed that this is happening. I'm so hurt by this. And I also recognize the fact that you're not necessarily doing anything wrong. Right. You are making a choice for your own happiness or your own potential happiness. And like, that might mean that at some point I'm going to get hurt and I recognize that I'm still hurt by it and I forgive you for it, right? Because I know that you're not doing this with an intention around hurting me. <laughs> like, And that's, I think that that can be a hard thing for us to parse through because it is so much like emotions often so feel like um, black and white, like, oh, I'm mad and I shouldn't feel mad. I should never feel hurt. Um, and if, uh, if somebody hurts me, that means they're a bad person or they did something wrong. And that's just not the reality. Mm. It's just, it's really not. You're like, you're just, you're going through a breakup. Yeah. And you are experiencing all of the different elements of that breakup. And all of those elements hurt. 
Like <laughs> none of them feel great. Yeah, totally. Right. So like, absolutely, it makes sense that you're hurt. It makes sense that you're mad at this friend. And I and I, I think that you could make the case of like you don't want to be friends with this person anymore. Like I don't know that I would blame you for that or think no, that I you're being unreasonable mm -hmm. or irrational. Um, and I can also see you making space for this person to say. I want to continue being your friend. I'm hurt and I'm angry that this is happening. I need a little space from you two to like continue my own processing, um, but know that I still like want to pursue friendship with you. And I will let you know when I'm at a point where I feel like we can make this happen. Um, but it's all really complicated. Yeah, <laughs> It's all very nuanced. It's all hyper specific you can say to that. your own circumstances. Right? I, th I think that's th what Sam is saying is the essence of what your friend came to you to say, like, these mm -hmm. are all real. Your feelings are totally real. I'm scared of hurting your feelings. I'm scared of losing your friendship. And also, I'm interested in seeing what this is. Like, mm -hmm. the, the, the duplicity, the complicated nature of it is everywhere. And that can be true in your healing process as well. I wouldn't blame you if you didn't talk to this friend for six months. Like, if you said, I just need some time away from you. You know, I also think that you could say, this hurts so much. But I understand that you have every right to pursue joy. And I this isn't about me and our friendship and this guy. This just hurts me a lot right now. I need time away from you. Maybe we can have coffee in a month because, like, again, I'm not going to hold this against you. But I need time to tend to my wounds. Like, that's that's OK. Mm -hmm. That's natural. Um, yeah. I mean, it sucks. Like, <laughs> this just sucks. And yeah. also... Like we're capable of doing hard and painful things. And also, this is not the last time you're going to be faced with the universe's tangledness, right? right. This is not the yep. last time that you're going to be faced with interwoven, complicated, contradicting feelings and try and and be asked to like make a decision out of it. It's it's hard. It mm -hmm. feels impossible. One step sure. at a time. That's why I said, say, listen, friend, I value you as a friend. I I thank you for coming to me. I need space from you. That's step one. Step two is seeing when you want to build that friendship up again. Step three is like letting yourself heal. And step 87 is deciding how do you want to interact with the ex in person, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and for sure. Maybe the last thing I just want to say is time, 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 time. This is, I know time has passed, but like COVID time, it's like you didn't see him. We all know it's like a weird black hole. Like yep. you need time to get used to not being together. And so maybe you need time getting used to that before you see them together. All of these things are valid and can be true at the same time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it, you're not a, bad person for creating that that distance between you and them right like you're not being over dramatic or overblown you it is perfectly okay for you to say maybe not even to them but even to yourself of like yeah i just am not a place where i can be around them right now right, right? and there may be a time where i am okay to be around them but i'm going to give myself the the permission to not go to the party if i know that they're both going to be there or give myself permission to um, you know, not say hello to them in the, the parking lot or like just wave instead yeah. of like stopping to say hi. Right. Totally. Like you can give yourself permission to put distance between you and them. Like that is a okay in my book. Um, and give yourself the permission to say like, this is how I feel in this moment. I don't know what I'm going to feel in the next six months. So I'm going to give myself permission to decide what I need right now and not think about what I am going to need 
in six months, right? Like, right. what is, maybe there will be a point where you, all three of you are going to be best friends. Who knows? Life is weird. It Things happen like that. But right now, if you need distance, you can give yourself distance. That is totally fine. Absolutely. All right, my darling, we hope that this helps. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you so much. We love you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Our third and final letter comes from Extremely Sad. Whose pronouns are she, her, and who is writing from The Void? Extremely Sad. Yes, yes. Okay. (laughs) Hi, Sam and Sierra. I've been obsessed with your podcast for a while, and I love listening on my commute while cooking dinner and pretty much any time I have some free time. I recently got broken up with and have been trying to fill my time and mine by listening as much as I possibly can. I've been struggling to think of the best question to write in as I try so desperately to make sense of this breakup and the relationship's purpose in the grand scheme of my life. I've had my fair share of trauma, heartbreak, and struggle, and I'm feeling pretty hopeless. My ex-boyfriend, 29, he, him, was this incredibly positive, upbeat, friendly, smart, kind, emotionally unavailable, and seriously damaged combination of a man. And I wanted so oh desperately God. to, <laughs> and I wanted so left desperately. Turn there. <laughs> yeah, right. It was like, oh, he sounds great. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted so desperately for him to be my person. We were so good to each other and so good for each other until we weren't. I respected his boundaries and understood his trauma and limitations. We leaned in and grew together as far as we could. He struggled to communicate his wants and needs and chose to hold a lot in, leaving me to be completely blindsided by the breakup. I can't hate him. I can't be mad at him. I can't analyze any way the two of us went wrong because we really just didn't. However, I am left drowning in the words that he said as he was walking out on me. He was an absolute emotional mess, kissing me, hugging me, being more emotionally vulnerable and loving than he had ever been in the relationship. He completely romanticized our time together, spoke so highly of me, then ended by saying that he didn't think that we were the, quote, perfect match. The worst part is, is that he told me he loved me for the first time, tears streaming down as he was leaving. I was the first person he ever said that to, and it was the most genuine declaration I've ever received. I, of course, loved him too and had for a while. So I told him that, and I was also angry that this was coming out now. After our initial, quote, breakup, we took some, quote, space then to meet again to, quote, finalize. LOL, aka, I got dumped twice in a row. (laughs) I asked him why he told me he loved me and he reiterated his feelings while continuing to cry. Tell me how in love with me he was and still pull away. Hmm. I've run through this relationship in my mind so many times and I've become somewhat okay with it ending and understand that he was not able to show up fully for me and being together required him to do too much inner work. We got too close for him and he got scared. I guess my question is, what do I do with this mid breakup declaration of love? Is there ever a wrong time to tell someone you love them? Surely that has to be it. I truly wish that I didn't know or hear this because it has only made it harder to accept the ending. I know that love is not the end all be all, but it was what I waited to hear from him for months. I feel cheated from the relationship and that we never really gave it a full chance. He just pulled out before it could get too tough. 
I don't think that it was fair to leave me with that love without having to take any responsibility from it. Is that love genuine? What is the lesson here? I'm just left hopelessly in love with someone who doesn't want me. All right. Extremely sad. Thank you so much for writing, for trusting us with this letter and with your tender heartbreak. I'm so sorry that you felt um, that you feel so devastated by this. Um, Mm. And I'm honestly like grateful to answer this letter. Uh, And as an outsider, I just want you to know, you know, as somebody who doesn't have like my emotional strings all tangled in this, like this letter makes me deeply angry. (laughs) Um, Not at you, to be clear. No, yeah, not at you at all. Um, But this like gets my heckles up. What is it? What are they? Huck. Hackles, maybe? Hackles, heckles. <laughs> like I would I heckle honestly this, don't know. <laughs> I would heckle this man and then my, oh yeah. With my ha- hackle, hackles off. Hackles, I'm looking it up. <laughs> All right. Well, while you're looking it up and figuring, helping us learn how to talk. um, Hackles, it's hackles. Hackles, hackles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, getting, it would get my hackles up, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I would want to fight him while heckling him. Anyway, and and this, let me tell you why. Um, there's a couple things in here that I feel very passionately about. And again, I agree with what you said. You actually, neither of you did anything wrong. You're doing the best that you could in the, at the... I think. Sorry, I just gave Sierra a really skeptical yep, face. And then I stuttered. I, like, I, th- I think one person did some things wrong. Well, I like the perspective of like, there's nothing else we could have done and it just didn't work. Yeah, there, for sure. That's, yeah. that's a, what I want the letter writer to keep, you know. Um, But there are some things that I want you to, I want to offer an alternative perspective to, right? To help you along this healing, to give you some agency to hold on to some like maybe anger or like sadness um, or some of those more fiery emotions that will allow you to say, you know what? I don't want to be with you. You know what? I'm glad we broke up, right? Like that's what I'm trying to offer you with these alternative perspectives. Alternative perspective number one. Uh, the phrase, we were good for each other until we weren't. Listen, I'm a poet. I'm all about language. I'm a public speaker for a living. Let's try phrasing it like we were not always good for each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In- mm-hmm. Instead of saying, oh, my God, we were good until we weren't. And then he just like couldn't try hard enough or it got too scary. We idealize. We romanticize the good times. We romanticize the times in which we worked without even making space linguistically for the fact (laughs) that we weren't good for each other, right? Like, so what are some other ways that we can phrase that, Sam? Like, we weren't always good for each other. Like, we, there were days that we were good together and then there were days that we were not, we did not work. We, we did not, like, or it seemed like we were good together, right? Or it felt like we were good together because like, Again, you talked about how emotionally unavailable this man was. So like and the fact that he was stewing on this stuff for a long time before suddenly he broke up with you. Right. So like the fact that he wasn't communicating his feelings or needs means that you weren't good for each other. Right. (laughs) Right? Like the fact that he wasn't able to show up in the relationship and talk about the things that he was like struggling with or places where he needed more support meant that you weren't good for each other. Right. Because he wasn't being good to you because he was withholding and you weren't being good for him because you weren't able to give him the things that he needed. Right. Because he wasn't telling you about them, maybe, but also maybe because like you weren't able to give him the things that he needed. Right. right? Totally. It's absolutely, 
this is one of those instances where it was like, yeah, it seemed so perfect because it was so surface level, right? Because we yes. didn't talk about the things that were imperfect. Yes. But that doesn't mean that the cracks in the foundation weren't there, even if we weren't talking about yes. them, yes. even if we weren't seeing them, yeah. right? They were still there the whole time. Yeah. The second perspective shift I want to offer you is is the it's kind of like the all or nothing fallacy that I mentioned earlier but it in relationships specifically it's saying well we could have worked if we gave mm. it a full chance right? right if we if we if we were able to stick it through this hard part but instead you left and we didn't get to see the resolution the resolution is that you broke up the resolution mm -hmm. is that he didn't want to be together and you couldn't there he couldn't stay to to make it out we we prevent a lot of healing and don't get me wrong this is i've done this my whole life i've done this my whole life i think it's such a human reaction to say like well what if what if we did this what if he did this um what if he stuck around and just worked through the hard part you described it like you described it as though he was like afraid of getting his hands dirty no like you guys were together and then he chose to leave you like <laughs> Well, I don't mean to sound I don't mean to sound blunt. No, I, I love it. <laughs> I don't mean to sound blunt because like I I think that that line of thinking is very understandable. We say like, well, I was willing to work it out. I was willing to stick around and do the work and you weren't. And that mm -hmm. thought process does give us comfort and it does give us resolution, but it also I think it doubles our chances of holding on to this unresolved feeling that heartbreak leaves us mm. with you know we're mm -hmm. 10 times more likely to be like well if he just did x y and z and stuck around or if one day maybe he decides that he is healed and his mental health is better and he wants to stay and all of these things then we can get to that place instead of saying this was his best it's Ugh. there was no other plan there was no other full potential that he could reach this was the full potential and also this was my full potential too, yes. right? Like this was, this is the best I could do in this relationship yes. as well. And that's and it's okay. Not, like, yeah, no, and it's not your fault. Like you were doing the best you had with the information yes. and tools you had available to you. And like, and that was the best was that, that you broke up, right? Yeah. That the relationship ended. Yeah. And that is, that's that okay. Happens. Right. Yeah. But I also, I love this idea that you can't be mad at him. Um, like, you say this in your letter, like he was trying his best, so I can't be mad at him. And I just want to correct you <laughs> to say people can be trying their best and we can still be mad at them. Oh, yeah. Right. People could have not done anything differently and we can still be mad at the thing that they did. Right. Like I we don't say that in order to absolve you of the understandable and necessary emotions that are going to help you make sense of what's happening in this this situation. Right. We're not trying to say like we don't have the right to be hurt or disappointed or mad at somebody who comes up short, right? We say the thing about like people are trying their best as a way for you to help process through the idea of nobody did anything wrong and this is exactly what it was was going to happen. But you can be mad at him. Oh my god, I'm mad at him, mm -hmm. right? Like the the thing where he told you he loved you as he was breaking up with oh you, god, like. That is such point. a dick move. <laughs> such a dick move. It's not helpful. Well, it's not even. Let me put. Let me push on kind. that. Let me push on that a little. <laughs> that is his best. And so like he might be feeling those feelings of love in that moment. But capital V vulnerability mm -hmm. is about saying I love you to someone 
with your foot not halfway out the door because sure. true love and true vulnerability is about risking, you know, like, you know, is the is the risk of being seen and truly known. Right. I, I don't disagree with you that he wasn't a dick, but like, I also am thinking like, well, sometimes people like, <sighs> I don't know, sometimes people like feel like that's the only time that they're safe to let feelings out, but that's not... That's not it. That's, we don't want that for them. And and we don't want that for ourselves. Like, I don't want somebody sure. who's going to love me halfway out the door. All right. He was being a dick. You're right. <laughs> no, it's like he, it can be his best. It can be totally yes. understandable. Yes. And it can also be a dick move. Right. Yeah. Like at the same right. time, like, you know, like that was his best. And it was also he's also he's not a piece of shit. What he did was piece of shit <laughs> behavior. Right. Like You sound like Christine <laughs> from Selling Sunset, the fucking that. only reality show I've ever watched in my life. And I have no idea why I'm fucking watching it. I have no idea. But Chris, you would. Oh, my God. This woman goes, uh, she sounds like a fucking idiot. And the other person's like, well, she's not a fucking idiot. And she said, I didn't say she was an idiot. She sounds like a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I was like, I need to turn this off right uh, now. <laughs> I love it. Um. No, but in the same way that like we can be hurt by people who haven't done anything wrong, like we can also yes. be mad at people who are trying their best. Yes, no, right? you're like, right. I shouldn't have. I was sensitive to you calling him a dick, but I don't know why. Because I'm because the number one takeaway from this letter was, wow, that is not intimacy. That's like that's <laughs> no. like a um uh what's the prize that you get at the end of the race when you don't win. <laughs> Con con consolation prize, prize. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's like a con the consolation prize of vulnerability being like oh my god you're so perfect i wish i could make this work i'm crying i love you i give you what you want as i'm out the fucking door so that mm -hmm. i am not responsible for the aftermath my vulnerability requires of me yeah Hate for it. sure he, total dick no he also like <laughs> move dick move <laughs> he also did that not consciously maybe yes but as a way to absolve himself from the pain that he knew he was going to cause you by breaking and up that with he was you, probably by making himself. his yeah. pain bigger you're right, right? That's a, by that's saying a great my pain is it. my pain is bigger than your pain so like just to be clear yeah i'm hurt i know that i'm hurting you but <laughs> i'm so hurt by it so can you do some emotional caretaking can you say that yes. it's not my fault it's okay can you not be mad at me because i'm trying my best can you not be hurt okay, by this? Because I don't mean to do it. Let's call it. <laughs> let's say that this was emotionally fraught and yeah. underdeveloped. Manipulative, I would <laughs> yeah, say. <laughs> I don't know why? Why are you trying to protect this man? Know. We're trying to make her mad at him. I'm not trying to protect him. him. I think I just like. I all we do is try to understand the fallibility and flaws of humans, and so I'm understanding it, and I'm also saying. And if he wrote in, I would talk to him kindly. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but to our letter writer, I want to say, like, Sam and I are angry about this exit. We don't like this breakup. We don't find this sure. I love you sincere like you asked. Mm -mm. We don't find it true vulnerability. And the narrative switch we want to ask of you is to say, wow, the only way he could, sh he could show me any sort of emotion was this consolation prize as he's leaving me. I don't want this intimacy. I don't want to be right. close to somebody who considers this as vulnerability. Like, this is not enough. And to be honest, I'm going to tap into a little bit of my anger so I can access my anger healing <laughs> and mm -hmm. be like, that was a really shitty way to leave me because it's left me feeling really confused, um, really unresolved, and really like, 
like that there was this potential that you just couldn't reach because you're so you're like this shiny, broken, beautiful butterfly that loves me, but like is always is going to fly away. <laughs> you for know, sure, for sure. <laughs> no, it's like enlightenment doesn't come from telling ourselves we shouldn't feel particular emotions. Right. Yes. Like that's not what it is. Right. Like moving into healing is about recognizing that all of the emotions that we're feeling are valid and understandable and that we can we are humans who are capable of putting those emotions into perspective that are going to help us sort of move towards something different totally right? but i'm i'm also super guilty of this so like i'm talking to you but i'm also talking to me right like being a healed person or being someone who is emotionally mature or whatever words we want to use for it doesn't mean that we tell ourselves that we're not allowed to feel certain right. emotions right right like, it doesn't mean that I'm not ever going to feel anger in my life. It doesn't right. mean that I'm not ever going to feel um, pain in my life. It means that I have the tools to be able to understand and process through that anger and that that pain in ways that are going to serve me better than just like sitting in them and letting them become something big. So like you're allowed to be mad at this man. In fact, I would love if you would be mad at this man me because too. he did things that were mean like and he did them because he's a hurt they're, person they're, who hurts other people. They're but fucked that, up. <clears throat> that it was mean. It was a mean yeah. thing to do to you to yeah. make the breakup that he was enacting on you more about him than it was about you. Right? Like that's... Bitch, that is... I've thought about that so much since we started this podcast unrelated to everything we're talking about right now, but deeply <laughs> cool. related. I feel the pull in me to... Like, it's such a human pull to, like, want to, I don't know, lessen the blow or, like, not go no contact or, like, or mm -hmm. make it about your pain. You know, like, I, this is such a human thing that he did, but it just goes to show you this goes to our whole Just Break Up audience, Just Break Up audience, plus you and I, if we ever break up with someone again, like, it <laughs> oh, is <hopefully> truly <laughs> more kind to just be direct and then to go no contact or to like give space because then people aren't left doing these emotional gymnastics at our behest. You know, right. I know it's so hard. Have I ever broken up with somebody like that? Never in my fucking life. So this even is, if you do that, this like is cheap there's talk from coming from me for, for sure. But and even if you do that still like there's still that is also a painful <laughs> yeah. way to handle a breakup yes, too. Totally. Right. To be like told that you're breaking up and then not be able to contact them like, yeah. Because and, like and, it's, are, and it is like a tall order to ask humans to not be emotional about an emotional thing, which so that's right, impossible absolutely. too. But then like my inner monologue is like, well, if I cry while I'm breaking up with them, am I making it about my feelings? You know, like it's just all complicated. Everything's it is complicated, right? So which messy. is all to say, like this again, this man is not a dick, but he's doing dickish <laughs> things. We called him a dick a thousand <laughs> times. I all said right. it was a dick move. I did not say he was a dick. <laughs> you got to look up this Christine Quinn. <laughs> Cool. <clears throat> okay. Um, <laughs> no, I forgot where I was going. Oh, I was going to say that that's, I think part of the reason why this podcast is so successful is because you're a two and I'm a five. And oh so God. like, we just like cancel each other out. <laughs> well, so does life. Like, so does life, right? It's like, oh my God, I don't want my ex to ever date anyone else. Here comes my friend who wants to date him. And then I have to like mm -hmm. be faced with all of those complicated shit or. For sure. It's unfair. Yes. It's anyway. infinitely unfair because life is <laughs> infinitely unfair. Yeah, totally. 
Um, okay, my darling, we hope this at least helps you shift your perspective on some of this. Again, like I said in the last letter, time also, like, give yourself time and start seeing where you, if you have a thought, if it's like, oh, I miss him, I wish he could just get his shit together, like, stop yourself, identify the thought, and see if you can reframe it. What are ways that I can rethink that thought? It's not that he needs to get his shit together, this is his shit. Do I want, mm-hmm. you know, like... And then you're like, dang, I want his shit, even if it's this shit. (laughs) Then you say like, well, do I really want somebody who is not emotionally available to me? Do I really Mm. want somebody who only says I love you halfway out the door? You know, I think a lot of the healing process is about reframing ourselves to tell ourselves what is the truth under the narratives that we're telling ourselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's also okay to miss the person and wish they had gotten their shit together. (laughs) Right? Yes. Cool. Absolutely. That makes sense to me. That seems like a really valid emotion that's coming up for you or a valid desire. And you can also say, and I know that that's not possible. Yes. I know that that isn't something that's going to happen, even though I want it because like I want a million dollars. I really do. I think about it a lot. That would be great. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that that's not necessarily possible for me. Right. Or I want this friend to treat me differently and be able to be friends with them again. I also know that that's not possible, right? And we're so capable as humans of holding all of this complexity and allowing it to be true. And it also is, it's painful and challenging and tricky. And it's also so liberating to recognize that like, I can feel this way and I can also know that the thing that I want is impossible because I am infinite in my capacity to understand this world and to to process through it. Like, it's just such an amazing place to, to find ourselves. So like, you miss this man. Great. He seems like it was really nice for a while and then it wasn't. Great. Yeah. Like all of that is true. And he still doesn't want to be with you. And he was a jerk to you in the breakup. Yeah. And he's not available to you and shouldn't be because it's not something that you actually really want deeply. Like that's all true. It's all true. Yeah. Did you know recently Facebook showed me a memory from 2009 in which I wrote my status was Sam Blackwell is a god. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember that happening, and I don't remember what led us. I don't us remember the context. Mimosas, or, probably. I think I deleted what. it because I was like, "This is weird now." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, listen to Sam. We love you, and we hope this helps. <laughs> Thank you so much for writing. All right, everyone, this brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is when we try and set you up with something we think you're really going to like. This week, we want to send you home with. All right. In light of y'all knowing that I am with child, Uh um, I'm going to suggest a documentary um, that has instrumentally changed the way I look at childbirth. Um, Mm. Totally topically not (laughs) aligned with anything we talked about today, but is 100% a documentary that has changed my life. It's called The Business of Being Born. And I want you to know I watched this documentary about a decade before I started um, trying to conceive. And um, I just really enjoyed it. Um, And I actually... Uh, want to ask my friends and community members to watch this documentary as well, because it really um, when I'm talking about my birth plan and 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 um, how to um, empower other uh, birth parents, um, I think that this provides a lot of important context for me um, 
yes. Anyway, so it's it's called the business of being born, and it explores the history of obstetrics. You know the the mm-hmm. medical practice of childbirth, um, how it became a medical practice, and the history and functions of midwives, and how co- many common medical practices may be um, tied up in capitalism, might be tied mm-hmm. up in some misogyny. Um, I want to say explicitly, like, no documentary is perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And I also like, <clears throat> however, this baby needs to be born by naturally or by medical procedure come my due date is the way mm-hmm. that baby's going to be born. I'm definitely not anti-interventions, um, but... Um, like many other things tied up in money and tied up in, uh, I don't know, whatever, societal pressures. There's a, there's a lot of unknowns about birth. And I think it's just like a fascinating history about the, uh, about the medical practice of obstetrics and whatnot like that. So I found it very empowering and informative and just one of those things you're like, dang, I did not know that was so fucked up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's obviously been on my mind a lot as I prepare for April. Um, but I I just loved it. I watched it like several times over the last decade. The Business of Being Born. It's a documentary directed by Abby Epstein. And it is you can find it right now on Prime. I think it was on Hulu for a while, but I think it's only on Prime right now. Awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship meme. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to follow, subscribe, give us a five star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, Uh, For as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode, as well as access to our backlog of over 100 episodes, which you can listen to in the gap between now and our next episode. Uh, That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally helps us keep the mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis, a.k.a. Big Cats. Make sure to check out his music on Spotify. And remember, by changing the narrative about your wounds, by challenging the stories that you've been told about yourself, the stories that you tell yourself about yourself, you can shift the language. You can shift your perspective. Maybe you aren't fucked up. Maybe you aren't broken or unworthy. Maybe you aren't even wounded. Maybe you're just scarred and changed by life like we all are. Look for the perspective shifts. Find healing in that. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>